We're looking together at the parable of the ten virgins, so please turn to Matthew chapter 25 in your Bibles, uh, verses 1 to 13, and we'll read in a few moments together. Now, weddings are always such a special and exciting event where you yourself got engaged or a friend or a family member, you will remember how all-consuming the preparations can become, Uh, especially for the bride-to-be often. There's so many things to think about, the dress, the guest list, the food, the decorations, the venue. The week before our wedding, I was waking up in the night remembering random things like napkins we needed to get. And there's challenges too. Uh, The biggest challenge for us, though not the only challenge, the week of the wedding, was we found out at the wedding rehearsal that the bands at Tom's local parish hadn't been read, therefore making our wedding three days later technically illegal. (laughs) Thankfully, the bishop who does the emergency licenses wasn't on holiday that week, and everything could go ahead as planned. Now, all the preparations for weddings, the time, the stress, the money, it's all going towards being ready for that really special, life-changing day. So we're going to read the parable. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise, for when the foolish took their lamps... They took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves." And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Now, this is an intriguing and challenging parable. It might be on a topic you've not been thinking about recently, and Jesus is saying something really important here. Looking at verse 1 again, it says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. What is the context here? What is the then referring to? Now, in the previous chapter, the disciples have been asking Jesus, What are the signs of your coming kingdom when you will rule and reign? Across Matthew's gospel, he's been demonstrating who Jesus is to the Jewish people. He is their long-awaited Messiah, the king in the line of David, the one fulfilling the promises made to Abraham of a blessing coming to all the nations. Across this gospel, like a discipleship manual, uh, Matthew has five teaching sections from Jesus where he's telling the disciples how to live in this new kingdom. This parable comes in the fifth and the last section of these teaching conversations from Jesus, and the focus is on Jesus returning. Now, does this surprise you that one of the central pillars of Christian discipleship is the expectation of Jesus returning? Is that something you would have said before today? This kingdom of heaven with Jesus as the returning king 
is connected here to this parable of the great celebration of a wedding feast. In the Old Testament, God is sometimes referring to himself as a bridegroom and Israel as the bride. And now Jesus himself takes on this picture by referring to himself as the bridegroom and the church with the bridal imagery. In this parable, the bride isn't mentioned specifically, and it's the virgins who are representing the church. Matthew's readers will know, as we do, the ultimate price that Jesus has paid for his church. By his death and resurrection, we are made holy and blameless so we can be in intimate relationship with God. These virgins are like bridesmaids, and 10 is a customary number for Jewish occasions. One part of their role is to carry the lamps, or these could be called torches, as they were poles, considered to be poles with uh, rags soaked in oil on the top. They had an important role to be light bearers in the wedding procession, which would have started at night, so everyone could join in the celebration. Like the virgins, we also know the bridegroom is coming, and this parable is for us, the church, that um, Jesus uses five, uh, three surprises in this parable to warn us and help us to be ready. Looking at verse 2 to 4, it says, Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. The company of virgins are all looking the same. They're all dressed for the wedding. They all have their lamps. They're all looking the same from the outside. But actually, they're very different on the inside. Here we see the difference between the foolish and the wise is whether they or not they have enough oil for their lamps. Now, what does this oil represent? And the challenge in this parable is that we don't actually know. Jesus doesn't explain to us. Often, the Holy Spirit is represented as oil in the scripture. So is it that the oil is representing a readiness for Jesus Christ returning? But the the parable doesn't actually specify this to us. And so the challenge is to focus on the main point Jesus is making and not overinterpret all the details. The key point is that all the virgins knew, uh, had the same knowledge of the bridegroom returning, but they were not all acting on that knowledge. So some were ready and some were not. The foolish virgins were careless about the role they'd been given. They were not prepared for what they were expecting to happen. In the dark night when the bridegroom came, they had lamps that were useless. And this is like going uh, camping with a torch that has no batteries, or maybe going on holiday this summer, say, and showing to your family when you arrive at your destination your car full of empty suitcases and bags. How well would that go down? The foolish virgins were like Christians, professing faith and a belief in Jesus returning. But although externally they looked committed, their religion was empty. Their inward reality didn't match what they were doing on the outside. As uh, everyone is accountable to God who sees the inward reality of everything we do. So how can I be like the wise virgins and how can I be ready for Christ to return? This parable is helping us to be wise by looking ahead so we can begin with the end in mind. Being wise is to be thinking ahead to Christ returning. Out of this right thinking, we can do right living. Like driving a car, it helps to drive well by looking ahead at the horizon to see what's coming. The context of the neighboring parables with the ungodly steward and the parable of the talents 
also helps us to understand what being ready is about by showing us the importance of holiness and faithfulness as the outworking of our repentance and faith. If we're feeling in a time of emptiness recently, we can pray and ask the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh. Every day, God is wanting us to go deeper in knowing his love and acceptance in Christ Jesus that we can have. Um, So verse 5 says, As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. In this parable, it is clear it was fine for them to sleep because the wise slept too. This shows us God's grace for our human limitations. God knows our responsibilities. He knows we need to sleep. He knows uh, our bodies need to rest. The virgins were expecting the bridegroom, but they didn't know when he was coming. And it's the same for us. Jesus himself said he didn't know the time or the hour that he would come. In our human limitations, we are in God's grace, and he is saying we can still be wise and ready. Verse 6 to 9 says, But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. When the cry came to go out to meet the bridegroom, and the virgins prepared their lamps, the foolish virgins now realized their mistake. This is the second surprise from the parable that each of us needs to be ready and no one can do that for us. Just as the foolish virgins wanted to have some oil but the wise virgins, uh, they couldn't have it from the wise virgins, so we also cannot rely on our Christian family, our parents, our spouse, our friends, our elders to do what we need to prepare. Everyone has an individual responsibility to, to respond to God's call here to be ready. Verse 10 to 13 says, And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterwards the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Here is the outcome for the wise and foolish virgins. The ones who were ready went in to the wedding feast. This wasn't a day or a dinner as in our day, but the celebrations could last a week or more. It was the greatest party. However, the door was shut to the foolish virgins. The bridegroom had been delayed when there was a chance to get ready. But there came a point when it was too late. And this is the last and final surprise that there comes a point when um, it's just not possible to get ready. The tragedy is they thought they knew him saying, Lord, Lord, open to us but he rejected them, saying, I do not know you. Jesus now says the moral of the parable, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Watching doesn't mean looking up at the sky, it doesn't mean we can't do our responsibilities, but it means our lives reflecting the reality that we really do believe he will return. Here is his call, be ready now, because we don't know when he is coming. This is the action of real faith, and it's an ongoing wrestling. If we don't act on the knowledge that Jesus will return, it's the same as not believing it. God wants relationship with us, not the appearance of being externally committed. Are we loving him first? Is he welcome to all our thoughts and activities? At the time of this parable, Jesus' glory was hidden and he, he was there to suffer and serve. But when he returns, he will come as a conquering king to rule and to judge. 
when he came the first time, even though there'd been many prophecies about him, the Jewish people rejected him. The Jewish leaders had all the knowledge, they had all the prophetic signs fulfilled, but their religion was empty and based on their own righteousness. The Jewish leaders thought they were doing it all the right way, but they were not ready for him. This parable is prophetic about what is to come, and Jesus is warning us here to help us to not make the same mistake. The kingdom is now and not yet. As Christians, we can experience his kingdom now of peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. Now we get to worship and delight in God, and one day we, will be, we can be with him in the greatest party in heaven. As for weddings in our day, the preparation process is not all easy, but it's worth it. The three surprises of this parable Jesus is using to tell us is one, that real faith acts on the knowledge that we have. And two, no one else can be ready on our behalf. And three, wisdom is being ready for Jesus now. So we're going to please take a couple of moments to reflect and pray individually um, as we have some time to worship. There is a prayer team available after the service as well if you'd like to pray with someone. And even if you're in a really great place at the moment, you're welcome to come for prayer for just more of God. Um, And I'll pray for us now too. Father God, um, show us now any ways that are not pleasing to you, God, that don't match up. Uh, ways we're acting that don't match up with what we believe about you. We just pray, Holy Spirit, that you help us to change those things. Help us to live in readiness for you, Lord Jesus. Pray you help us to be wise by putting you first and refresh our hearts to give us um, delight in you today. Amen. Amen.